0: Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Much of our lives is spent evaluating things, right? Looking and comparing, seeing how others do things, evaluating do they have a better system than I do, Should I be living like that? Or sometimes we see people accomplishing things that that we would like to accomplish, and we're going, I wonder if I could do that if I I did what they did. And there's always this opportunity for us to look at people that are living profanely and say, are they better off or not? You know, are, are things really are, is it a better choice to just go do your own thing, or this Living religiously or living for God, is that, is that really the best thing to choose? And the psalmist is just going, he says, the successes of the wicked are temporary. It's not a long-term thing, and so we need to apply ourselves to what is appropriate through life. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. This is the alternative to living wickedly and, and just... Uh, Following your own course, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. In other words, choose the the righteous life. Choose to trust God that what he says is accurate. Choose that what he has declared to be truth. And walk that path is what he's telling us. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So as you invest in him, there is going to be a satisfaction that comes in life. He takes it a little further in the next two verses. He says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. He says, you do what God asks of you, and he says there's going to be a good return out of this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Isn't it true that when we look around us in different avenues of life, we can look and say, I feel like I'm getting burned by politicians, or I feel like I'm getting burned by financial people, I feel like I'm getting burned by city laws or state laws, and I just, you know, and it's easy to get uptight over this and feel like, you know, they're working against me. And yet what what this psalmist is declaring is that we don't have to be consumed by such fears and such fretting, so to speak. That anxiety that's, you know, people are working against me. That's not where it's at. He says... They'll carry out their wicked schemes, but he says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only only leads to evil. In other words, you can get all uptight and you can try to push things over and force the change, but he says, don't be caught up in this kind of anxiety. Evil men will be cut off. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. He says that's the bottom line. The long-term picture is that the righteous flourish. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The idea of meekness is power under control. And so he's saying, you discipline your life. You set your course. You put your energies in the right area. He says there is an inheritance for you. I was thinking today... You know, when I was looking at this, how in some ways we can look at different evil men and say they had a powerful influence on the world. Um, I grew up hearing the name Hitler all the time because of what he had done and slaying several million people. And yet the truth is, Hitler's gone. No family to follow him. What he tried to establish is gone. All that was a mark of his life of developing the superior race, gone. And you can point to different world leaders or people that were dictators trying to do similar things, and you realize their systems failed. They emptied out. They didn't go on. And so it was temporal. It didn't have that long-term impact. Of a strange note... (laughs) A gal like Corrie Ten Boom, who was one of the victims in that particular war, uh, her books are still being read by believers, and her name is being honored even yet. So says, The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. In other words, God sees the plotting going on. He sees them machinations. He sees them maneuvering. And he just kind of goes, yeah. there's nothing, you know. He's not concerned. He's not uptight. He doesn't fret. He just says, it's not going anywhere. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those who are upright. But their swords will pierce the hearts and their bows will be broken. He says, whatever is going on is going to be turned back on them. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of the many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. He says, even if you don't have as much as the wicked. He says, there is still a benefit to having the Lord working in your life. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. So there are difficult days that come. There are disasters about us. But he says, you do not have to be consumed with worry over such things. The wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They'll vanish. They'll vanish like smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay. But the righteous give generously... Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land; those He curses will be cut off. So He says, one of the marks of the righteous life is a generosity that's able to give out because of what they have. Um, when I when I look at this, you know, written three thousand years ago, and I, I go through well, some of the illustrations are vastly different than what we have. You know, a lifestyle that's different. He's talking about bows and arrows and swords. But the issues are still the same. The issues of humanity and the wondering how things work, they're the same issues. The same wrestling that's been going on for centuries. And in some ways it's comforting to me to hear it spoken to way back then. To know that, that uh, these issues that people have looked at and said, you know... God has his hand in all of it, and we do not have to be so uptight. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was looking at that whole thing and and going, you know, there's been a number of times that I have not made particularly wise financial decisions in life. I would call that stumble points, where... I thought I was making a good decision, but it really didn't pay off. Though he stumbles, he will not fall. Uh, There are things that we do health-wise that, while (laughs) in lack of health, that sometimes we just go, it's really dumb to live like that and to keep that kind of um, activity going on. And, you know, it's like I can control um, my diet, my exercise, and my rest. And though, but those are the three main factors that I have some influence on, but I, I, I stumble in those things at times, you know, makes foolish choices. And I, I'm grateful that there is someone watching over my life, even in that setting, so that even though I stumble it says, it's not going to be my undoing. I stumble here and there. What a <laughs> confidence builder. To even take chances and say, you know what, I want to try this. And if I stumble, what does it matter? It's not going to be the end of me. And so we can, in a sense, have a courageous outlook that says, why not try something? Why not do something new? Why not take a chance that it'll work out? Because there's this knowledge that overall I'm still covered by the Lord. Now, we don't be presumptuous and such, but when we make our best efforts, and there's that thing of, well, do I dare or do I not? Go for it. (laughs) You know, let the Lord, let the Lord's, you know, the the confidence that you have in him carry you through that if it's a stumble, it's a stumble. You pick yourself up and realize, well, it wasn't the best, but it, it didn't destroy my life. And we go on. I was young. Now I'm old. I've always seen the righteous. Fors- I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They're always generous, and then freely, their children will be blessed. He says, "This is the pattern of what I've seen in life." I uh, I remember quoting this verse to a pastor one time when I was I was in seeking some advice, and I, I quoted this, and he said. You didn't hear my sermon the other, a few weeks back where I was talking about the rich man of Lazarus. Lazarus died hungry, but he still went to be with the Lord. And he was taking the parable in the New Testament form and saying, even if you were to die hungry, there's still a hope in the Lord because of the eternal life that he provides and promises for us. Turn from evil and do good, then you'll dwell in the land forever. The Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They'll be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom and his tongue speaks what is just. The law of God is in his heart, his feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives, but the Lord will not leave them in their power or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I've seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil, but he soon passed away. And was no more. And though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless and observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked cut off. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them. Because they take refuge in him. I read this psalm and I look at it and I go, there is always anxiety in people over what's going to happen. How do things work out? What about this person who seems to be doing all the wrong things and still thriving? And yet the declaration is God oversees life. He oversees us, and He has His hand on us, and there is a promised inheritance to those who serve Him. And so we go back to the core things and this belief in eternal life, and this belief of His hand upon us and guiding our steps. And there's something very satisfying in it, to have that peace that says, I'm looked after. It's not just random It's not just the powerful exerting themselves and overcoming others, but there is someone who oversees and takes care of my life. What a privilege that is. What an honor to be a part of that. Lord, I pray for each one here that you will be their source of strength and confidence. I pray that fretting, anxiety, and worry over how things are going to work would be driven away. I pray that there will be a certainty in their hearts of the inheritance that is theirs in you. I pray that there be a confidence through life that says, I can trust God in all things. I can trust Him with my situations. And even if I stumble out of my own ignorance or foolishness, there is a hope for me because I serve a God who cares for me and watches over me. Thank you for this psalm that speaks life to us. Amen.